0: Hello, my friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast. It is Wednesday, September 1st, and wherever you are, uh, however you are listening to this, whenever you are listening to this, I wish you God's grace, God's joy, God's life within you this day. September, can you believe it? It felt like that around here. I don't know where you're listening to this, but where I am uh, speaking it from uh, it had a tinge of fall in the air this morning, and our kids are off to school, and, uh, and we're into a new normal. Certainly have, have a ways to go to get into that routine, um, but, but we're invited there. And I think our gospel invites us to that same place today. So we're going to read out of Luke again. Uh, we read out of Luke on Monday where it was Jesus' thesis statement, if you remember. He was in Nazareth and uh, talked about, uh, he just had come out of the desert and uh, went to the synagogue, unrolled the scroll to Isaiah 61 and 58, and said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring glad tidings to the poor, etc. Right? And the rest of his gospel is going to come out of that place. And we're going to see that today. So after he was there, you know, they almost chucked him off the brow of the hill. He went to Capernaum. And the exact opposite reaction is hap- happened and is happening at Capernaum. And we're going to see that in today's gospel, into that new normal, to that new place he's inviting us. So Luke chapter 4, just a little bit after the one we read on Monday, uh, verses 38 to 44, okay? So let's break open God's word together. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. After Jesus left the synagogue, he entered the house of Simon. Simon's mother-in-law was afflicted with a severe fever, and they interceded with her about... Let's start this over. That was bad. After Jesus left the synagogue, he entered the house of Simon. Simon's mother-in-law was afflicted with a severe fever, and they interceded with him about her. He stood over her, rebuked the fever, and it left her. She immediately got up and waited on them. At sunset, all who had people sick with various diseases brought them to him. He laid his hands on each of them and cured them. And demons also came out from many, shouting, You are the Son of God! But he rebuked them and did not allow them to speak, because they knew that he was the Christ. At daybreak, Jesus left and went to a deserted place. The crowds went looking for him, and when they came to him, they tried to prevent him from leaving them. But he said to them, To the other towns also, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God, because for this purpose I have been sent. And he was preaching in the synagogues of Judea. My friends, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So again, let's set the stage. So it, it starts with the first line after Jesus left the synagogue. Now, this wasn't the synagogue we read about on Monday. We knew he left the synagogue there. They took him to the brow of the hill, and we're going to chuck him over, and he walked right through their midst. Well, where he walked to was Capernaum. And so he was in the synagogue at Capernaum. I think had we read yesterday's, and I should have checked back, but I think if memory serves, he uh, cured a demoniac uh, in the synagogue uh, yesterday in yesterday's gospel reading so he was in the synagogue at capernaum capernaum is also in the north not far from nazareth It's at the southern tip of the sea of galilee Uh, would have been where a lot of fishermen were so clearly uh, simon peter is from capernaum right because they enter the house of simon here and so simon is the one who will eventually be called peter so this is uh simon peter and Simon's mother-in-law is afflicted with a severe fever. And and here's my first point that I want to point out. It's that next line. So it says, Simon's mother-in-law was afflicted with a severe fever and they interceded with him about her. And then he stood over, rebuked the fever, and it left her and she got up and began waiting on them. But what struck me in my prayer this morning when I was just holding this gospel, was that line, they interceded with him about her. Hold on to that, because that's the first half. And I'm going to, so that's like point number one, 1A. Here comes 1B. At sunset, all who had people sick with various diseases brought them to him. He laid his hands on each of them and cured them. Brothers and sisters, here's what we see. We see a woman who was sick. We don't know what she was ill with. We don't know if it was terminally ill. We don't know if she had a bad headache. But here's what we know. They, presumably the followers of Jesus, presumably the other members of the household, presumably Simon and his wife, they brought they interceded on her behalf, on, on uh, Peter's mother-in-law. They interceded. They brought her to him. And he healed them, healed her. And, and later, so that's part A. Later, part B, the townspeople do that. They see the pattern. They see what Peter did. They see what the, the mother did. They see what the household did. They see what the followers did. Whoever they were who had brought uh, this, this sick woman, the sick mother to Jesus, saw her healed, and they thought, I know people who are sick. I'm going to bring them to him as well. And they all did. And Jesus laid hands on each one of them and cured them. That's what it says. Brothers and sisters, I think for me, and, and, and so maybe I'm casting this on you and maybe that's not fair, but I think for me, it's easy to look at this and say, wow, that had to be incredible. They brought people who couldn't walk and people who were blind and people who, you know, were in wheelchairs and confined therein and people who were paralyzed and uh, and people who were deaf. And all this. You know, all these infirm, they brought to Jesus, the lepers, all these things. And he cured them all. And that must have been a sight to see. But that's not the world I live in. But I think it is the world we live in. We just live in one where people hide our illnesses a whole lot better. Because every one of us carry it, my friends. Every one of us carry illnesses within us. Maybe it's depression. I just was talking to Deacon Dennis this morning about a young woman who took her life recently. I was talking to uh, Renee last night uh, about a child who was in uh, one of our daughter's classes whose father died in his 40s. You know, brothers and sisters, we carry uh, depression within us. We carry petty jealousies within us. We carry voices within us that remind us we're not good enough, that, that we're not holy enough, we're not worthy, we're not smart enough to be over there in that group. We carry within us, you know, things we have done, Things that we want to do. We know the things we have said, the things we have looked at, the people we have judged. We know the the hurts that we have 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 given to other people. And maybe it wasn't twenty years ago, maybe it was yesterday. Brothers and sisters, I think every one of us carries within us this infirmity. These 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 shadows, these these sharp edges, these, these, like I said, these voices that remind us or try to remind us, not necessarily of who we are, but they try to convince us. Maybe that's a better way to say it. They convince us and try to that this is who you are, rather than listening to the one who can heal us, right? The one who really knows who we are the one who really reminds us who we are. Here's my point, and I'll go on to the second and last point. But my point is this. Brothers and sisters, our God still is a God of healing. We may not see some scene like this going on in the world. But I know this. I know we're called to intercede on behalf of those people around us who you know in your life, who I don't know them, but you do, but I know different people. And and somebody else knows others. And we are called all to intercede and bring them before our God. Maybe we're not bringing them physically like in this gospel they did, but we are bringing them emotionally, mentally, spiritually to our God who continues to be healer. And do you know what? We place ourselves in that group too. It's important that we are honest with who we are and we know what's going on within us. Because only to the extent that we are honest with ourselves, that this is who we are too, that we are filled with those wheat and weeds that I talk about, that we bring those weeds before this healer God and say, God, I can't do anything about it. I've tried. It's got its roots in me deep. And I keep calling back to that same pattern or those same words or those same judgments or those same voices I hear within me or whatever it is and I can't break free. God, I'm asking your intercession. I'm asking your healing. But not just on me, on those others. Like I said, this young, beautiful woman took her life. What voices did she have within her going on? What voices are going on within those people I know now? And how can I help bring them to the voice of the one they need to hear? Because that one can change and heal life. Brothers and sisters, this is real. This is real and it's real today. Second and last point. I love this point where at daybreak so Jesus spends all this time, you know, they intercede, they bring these people to him and he heals them. And at daybreak he goes off to a deserted place. You know, we've always talked about that importance of solace, you know, and solitude. And I sure hope you have a place like that in your life and if not, who I urge you to carve out some time or or carve out that place. Uh, that you can have solitude and silence and listen and be reminded of who you are. But that's not my point. That was just a diatribe, just a tangent. The crowds weren't looking for him, and when they came, they tried to prevent him from leaving them. And he said to them, to the other towns also, and this is the line, I'm going to put this in quotes, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God. He did proclaim it in Capernaum. You know, it's that old adage of, of... we attribute, anyway, to St. Francis of Assisi, right? Preach the gospel at all times. When necessary, use words. He preached the gospel in healing people. He brought the reign of God, because the reign of God is not depression. The reign of God is not criticism or judgment. It is not petty envy or jealousies. The reign of God is none of those things. The reign of God, well, it's it's what Irenaeus said, Right? The glory of God is a human being fully alive. I'm going to say that again. The glory of God is a human being fully alive. And what Jesus did in bringing them to themselves, in, in allowing them to be fully who they are, he was inviting them to the reign of God because they could glorify him by being who they were in fullness. Not in only in, in a, in a stilting or, or halting measure because they couldn't bring all of them. Part of them was infirm. Brothers and sisters, we too must proclaim the kingdom of God with our fullness. How do we do that? By being the unique people who God invited us to be. Your unique voice, your unique skills, your unique calling. By saying yes to that, you glorify God right where you are, and you give permission for other people to do the same thing, and so do I. That's how we proclaim the goodness of God, but here's the other point, point 2B, how about we say that, huh? And I'm not going to go into a Hamlet soliloquy, no, 2B, okay, here we go. 2B is, have we been proclaiming in one space long enough, and is it time our God is inviting us to a new space? Now, I don't know if that means a new town. We're called to move. I'm not saying that at all. I'm not saying it's calling us to a new job. Maybe it's both. Maybe it's one of the, I don't know. But maybe we're called to get out of the routines that we go into at the times that we go into about the day and to maybe go in different directions, maybe go at different times maybe see different people, because maybe those people need to hear and see who we are and what we have to say too, right? Maybe there are other people to whom the gospel, the kingdom of God, needs to go to. And we, when we get into our routines, um, we see the same people on the same days uh, at the same times. And maybe we're invited to new spaces, new places at this moment but only if God's inviting. So I think that's our, our challenge today. That's Let's just, just chew on the word and allow the Spirit to answer those questions for all of us, okay? So let us pray, my friends. And so we begin with the sign of our faith. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. The third joyful mystery, the Incarnation the merging of heaven and earth, the birth of Christ. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners My friends, have a wonderful Wednesday. And uh, God's blessings and peace to you. And I look forward to us breaking open God's word once again tomorrow. God's peace.